Hello and welcome to another episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast. I am your host here on the DTP. My name is Colton G. And on today's episode of the show, Mike Ruby, you wrote these songs. Of course, you guys know that I'm going to fill you in on exactly what that means right away here. But of course, there's a few things I want to get to before we get there. First off, I want to go ahead and thank those of you who checked out last week's episode featuring the Honey Badger, Marlene Hibbs, as we discussed her journey across Canada as she is riding on a Norco pedal bicycle in the cause of mental health education. I got a ton, actually like literally a ton of positive feedback, so many people with incredible, inspiring stories that you guys shared with me, and it really warms my heart that you guys felt comfortable enough to share your experiences with me, and those of you, if you have shared your experience with me, and maybe you haven't joined Marlene's Days of Action Trauma Collective on Facebook, maybe you want to go ahead, and when you're ready, maybe you want to share your story with her. I also want to go ahead and take a moment to shout out ILoveDTP.com because over at ILoveDTP.com, well, that is the best place where you, the listener of the Desert Tiger Podcast, can support the show and of course that is what helps me bring you the podcast for free here every single a week and I appreciate those of you who have already gone ahead and picked up a shirt you guys know the dealio I like to make a little nice handwritten thank you note or if you guys are feeling a phone call you can go ahead and put your phone number inside the order message and I will go ahead and give you a ring a ling ding along with some free stickers and some other things I got kicking around that I can throw inside that envelope yeah Alright, Mike Ruby, you wrote these songs. And what exactly does that mean? Well, You Wrote These Songs is the upcoming EP by Mike Ruby. Mike started out as a saxophonist graduating from the prestigious Manhattan School of Music. And he transitioned from touring the world in a jazz quartet to eventually deciding that he wanted to take on the songwriting craft for himself, transitioning from the jazz world more into a alternative pop style of music. And we're going to discuss that entire transition with you today. What inspired Mike to follow the saxophone as far as he did, and what eventually inspired him to switch from belting it out on a woodwind instrument to belting it out with his own lyrics. And of course, Mike's lead single off, You Wrote These Songs, entitled Close, released at the end of May, and it has been making the rounds around Canadian radio. It recently just hit the top 40, which is actually pretty crazy considering that this is his first single and we're going to discuss what close means to Mike and a little bit of the behind the scenes work of what exactly it took to get the single to this point. 
Of course, I could go ahead and explain this all to you myself, but we're going to go ahead and get my guest today, Mike Ruby, to go ahead and tell you all about it himself and a bit more, of course, because you know how we do here on Desert Tiger. And just like we always do before we jump into this conversation with my guest, Mike Ruby, because you know how it goes down. Of course, we're going to be playing that lead single off of the upcoming EP, You Wrote These Songs. So don't you worry, because the time to give that track a spin is close. I... Cause it felt right and now I'm left in your afterglow And don't get me wrong, no I've been doing better out here on my own Things are going good, yeah Things are going good, yeah But sometimes I think about what we'd be If we stay on that released his debut single close his first single off of his upcoming ep you wrote these songs but of course with every artist it takes somebody a while before they get to this moment so of course i would like to thank mike ruby for joining us here on the desert tiger podcast today hey thank you for having me 
Oh, I am extremely excited to have you here on the show. Well, I'm extremely excited to be on the show and to you know talk about the single and life and, and whatever else we get into. Of course, of course. I definitely want to get into close and its meaning to you. But before we get there, I want to start off with how did this road begin? I see that you graduated from the esteemed Manhattan School of Music as a saxophone player. So where does the love of music for Mike Ruby begin and how did you get into saxophone? Well, that's a great question. I mean, the, the love of music began with the saxophone and uh, I actually, believe it or not, saw my brother playing saxophone. My brother was a, a pretty good saxophone player in high school and he got to play with Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd used to play saxophone, probably still does. What? And when I was, I know, right? Pretty crazy. Um, and when I was a kid, I saw him jamming with Dan Aykroyd, and I thought that was just the coolest thing. And it was such a bluesy, cool instrument. So that's kind of what made me take it up. And then, you know, the, the true love of music came for me in high school, which is when I started playing. And unfortunately, my dad was very very ill so music was a complete escape for me for for those four years actually he passed away in my last year of high school so the the love of music was very very strong in those four years and obviously it, it carried me on for the rest of my life and you know my, my dad said as cliche as it is you know he said listen life is a lot shorter then you'll think and just do what you love because if you do what you love you'll be happy every day of your life and I took the advice to heart and that's kind of how I got into music Oh, wow. So he actually sort of gave you some advice. And like you said, you took that to heart and you used the saxophone as a way of expression. I did. Yeah. And, and that's when, you know, I moved to New York and went to school at Manhattan School of Music, as you mentioned. And uh, that was an incredible experience. And, you know, I, I mean, uh, the transition kind of from saxophone to songwriter was was relatively smooth. I started playing saxophone with some pop bands out of uh, university. At first, I was only doing jazz and touring the world and Europe as a jazz musician. And then I started taking those pop gigs, and the pop gigs were so fun, you know? I remember, like, one particular experience where it was just me playing a solo and 5,000 people clapping along. And it was, uh, it was something that I never experienced with jazz. You know, with jazz, it's more of a listening music. Whereas with pop, it's, you know, more of an integrated kind of a fan to singer experience. And that's what I really wanted. I, I really wanted to make people, you know, kind of go crazy every night and sing every lyric to the song. And uh, that's how the transition started. Okay, definitely a different dynamic for sure. So when you first stepped onto a stage for pop music... How different was that for you? Because, I mean, you had already gone through as a jazz music where you go through, you play the song afterwards, everybody claps. It's a very re respectful environment, but that's about like as far as the crowd integration works besides maybe a little bit of dancing. Whereas in the pop, like you said, there's a lot more involvement with the crowd. So for the first time that you had to do that, how different was that for you? It was very different. It was also just so incredible. Um, I mean, obviously, it was very different in the sense that, you know, now I'm singing and playing guitar and some keys. And I'll bring out this act every now and then. But, you know, when I ask the crowd to sing along, it's just incredible. It's, you know, a, a lot of people know, don't necessarily have the best pitch, but they're loud and, you know, they get involved. And that's what really counts. 
and it's just it's so fun and uh, I have a couple songs actually with the live show where I'll say hey guys can you sing this and then I'll sing it to them and then you get just tons of people singing it back all together and it's the most incredible experience Mm -hmm. and that's something too where maybe they don't have the greatest singing voice for it but you're helping create a moment for that individual where they're going to remember that forever they might even tell their grandkids about it right a hundred percent and you know it's interesting that's a difference too that that i've noticed when i am singing and and you know at the front of the stage if something kind of strange happens at a show or somebody yells something out that's funny or memorable I like to include that in the show because those are things that people will take away. And it's interesting when I was, you know, when I was just playing saxophone, I actually tried to ignore those things uh, and, and just really focus in on the art that, you know, was being created on stage. Whereas now it's definitely still art. Don't get me wrong with, with pop music and with what I'm doing, but with experiences like that, I, I try to make them unique. And, and then people go home and say, Hey, did you hear that guy yell out, you know, uh, close when he was singing close? And then he, he shouted him out, and it just becomes a story that everybody tells. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. And that's something that friends go home and they discuss with each other. And, oh, yeah, yeah. remember that time? And <laughs> Right. Oh, exactly. It's like I said, it's creating memories. So at what point did you decide that maybe you were a little bit more enamored with the front of house, the front of stage, because like you said, you were playing on stage as a saxophone player with um, St. Lucia, I believe it was. Yeah. So you're touring around the world. You're in a pop styled act already. You're playing in pop moments. So at what point does the front of the house suddenly start to draw you in? For me, it was lyrics. Because, you know, obviously as an instrumentalist, you, you don't write them. And when I saw, there were a couple of instances actually playing with a couple different bands. But when I saw tons of people singing along um, to the songs that the front man wrote and how it affected those people, that, that really changed my opinion on everything. And the fact is, too, you know, when I'm feeling down, there are certain records that I put on that make me feel better or make me feel sad or make me feel and usually those things that get me the most have lyrics in them that I can relate to. And that's when I started, you know, picking up a guitar and writing songs. And um, that process took a very long time, years, like three, four years. Uh, and, and through those, you know, the last three, four years, I've written probably over a thousand songs because obviously the first hundred are not very good. <laughs> like when you start anything new, you know what I mean? It's, there's definitely a steep learning curve. But, you know, after the first few hundred, I started writing things that really meant something to me. And that's when I realized I wanted to say something as an artist. Okay. So had you actually put in pen to paper lyric wise before that moment or it was after that sort of click that you actually started writing? It was after. It, it was that transition moment when, oh, wow. when it kind of clicked. So I've only been writing lyrics for, I think, four or five years. But it's, you know, it's something that I did intensely. And I think that comes from the jazz background. You know, anything that I think we want to accomplish, you know, we, we have to put all of our hours into. We have to specialize in it. Mm-hmm. And so once I, once I realized that I was a pretty weak writer, which I was, <laughs> uh, I was like, all right, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the saxophone down. I know how to play this. And guitar and piano, I've got a lot more, you know, musical background. Um, so I'm not going to focus so much on these things. But I'm going to focus on writing. And, you know, I wrote for hours and hours every single day for years. 
and that's kind of what what got me to I guess where I need to be as a writer. Fantastic. So like you said, everything does take mastery, just like I'm sure with the first time you picked up a saxophone, it wasn't exactly the smoothest. I'd love to speak to my neighbors when I was that age, when I started. <laughs> of course. So you feverishly went to putting in the time to work on this task. Were you working with songwriters right away at that moment, or was that something you got into doing further on into the writing transition? I think it, it did take a little bit of time. It, I, I probably wrote alone for the first couple of years, and then I would say year at least anyways, and then I started doing a lot of co-writing. And obviously, you know, I learned a lot from co-writing, um, just from writing with other people, how to open up in front of other people and be vulnerable in front of them, and then also kind of to see how they write and, and things that they've learned over the years. And those are all things that, that help me write as well. And I find when you get into the room with somebody else, so much creativity happens. It's a little bit harder when you're on your own, unless it's about something that's really emotional and pressing that, that you kind of need to get off your chest. No, of course. And something that you mentioned earlier was those songs that help you express an emotion. And a listener of a song interprets a song different than the writer of a song because they come from different experiences and sometimes having someone with a different experience in the room as you're writing a song can help give you a different view of something or a different wording of something that maybe you wouldn't have thought of 100 percent, yeah and it's so many of those songs like you were mentioning that you may not necessarily know what they were talking about like you know sarah braille's the song gravity it's like you know it, it sounds like it's about an ex-lover who isn't good for you or, you know, even like a, maybe not a boyfriend or girlfriend, but just somebody that you, you know, are seeing, but it's actually about, you know, her addiction to drugs. And when you realize what it's about, you're just, wow, this song just became a lot more meaningful. And, and now that I'm listening to it in that way, it actually all makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And it is one of those types of tracks where you can get that impression of maybe it is a relationship and it is a relationship but may not the one you were thinking of not to an individual but to a substance exactly so yeah absolutely you know writing with other people and, and getting their take on uh the way that they've gone through life you know it, it only makes you a more experienced writer all right i enjoy the perspective on that and something with the upcoming ep that I see a lot of is you did a lot of co-writing for a lot of the songs on you wrote these songs. Yeah, I think every single song on there actually began with a co-write. There are a couple of them where it's like a you know an eighty percent twenty percent split, which basically means that I wrote you know eighty percent of the song. So let's say I went into a studio and the person and I kind of came up with a chord progression, but no lyrics were written or anything like that. But then I went home and said, you know what, I kind of like this chord progression, and then I wrote a song uh, myself. So it's kind of, you know, in some regards, not a co-write, but then I find, again, like I was saying earlier, that every little bit of expression for me happens with somebody else, or at least, the, you know, the, the best moments happen with somebody else. And so most of these are co-writes. Some of them actually have like two or three or four writers on them. Uh, and it's really fun to be in a room with two or three other creators at the same time, just because you get so many ideas that you wouldn't think of yourself. And then you can kind of all, you know, turn it into a great uh, song. Oh, without a doubt. And 
that is having a lot of different expressions from emotion and especially having people from different genre backgrounds as well also allows you to give different expressions and that's something that especially with close is you can feel where it's not just it doesn't just fit inside of like what some people would say pop radio bubble there is a lot of expression there is a lot of feeling in the song and just more than just something that was thrown out there for a formulaic release yeah totally and close was one that i did with ryan stewart ryan's a producer who's based in Vancouver, Canada. And I actually, I'd only been to Vancouver once before, so it was really cool to go back. But he's worked with some really great um, artists, Carly Rae Jepsen and another uh, good artist named Victoria Duffield. And the list kind of goes on. But he's he's such a great guy. And, you know, the, the second that I kind of met him, we were clearly on the same musical level. And I think he actually used to be a jazz musician back in the day as well. So, you know, his musical knowledge is amazing. And we just kind of started to vibe on this piano thing that I did and then Ryan started bringing you know a lot of different elements into the production and then it just kind of took off from there he and I you know started writing lyrics together and it was great let's get into the lyrics of close there what does it mean to you well it's about a carrot a carrot named John no I'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) totally totally (laughs) random No, but uh, it's yeah, it's it's about that relationship that I think you know we've all had. Um, I mean, hey, some of us you know married the high school sweetheart, and uh, and and that was that, you know, end game. But I think most of us have been in relationships before, and it's kind of about that one relationship that could have worked, or maybe that you know couldn't have worked. Um, but it's just one that you kind of wonder about every now and then. In my case, you know, it was for the better that it didn't work, but it was still about that that one kind of first relationship Mm -hmm. and i mean there's maybe some people who are listening to this right now who are going through that moment and wondering if if it's right and maybe this song is something that is good for them it's it definitely says it's we got close so that's saying like maybe it was good for you to a point but maybe it wasn't the right thing exactly It's, it's kind of about you know like we got close to what you know and, and for me that what was like end game uh you know it, it could have been and you know now we step away and we're like well i'm glad it wasn't or you know some people might have the experience where well shoot you know maybe i wish it still was and i've found actually from, from multiple people listening to the song that some people have come away with both reactions and it's been it's been really cool uh to see you know a bunch of uh, you know I, I was pretty interactive on instagram all my social media platforms and I've been getting a lot of messages about it and it's just been so great to to talk to these people who have similar experiences. Hey DTP fam, I just want to take a quick moment, a fast break if you will, to chat you guys up about I love DTP.com because it is what allows me to bring you this show for free every single week and I want to tell you about all the cool things that are going to be coming on over to the web store very soon. You may have heard me talk about the fact that we're going to be getting hats and tank tops in the future. We are still going to be bringing those to the web store and it is going to be very, very soon. So there was a deal going on with 
the local printer I was trying to use. Guess what? Surprise! She's having a kid! So congratulations on that front. Sadly, what that does mean is my order was put a little bit back on back order, but no worries. Things are now in motion. I went down to the shop. I spoke to the person who is now taking over for things, and we got the ball rolling. Those hats featuring the logo, they're coming in soon. The tank tops that are for everybody, they're going to be coming in soon. And of course, I'm actually going to be getting in some women's tees with that traditional Desert Tiger logo as well. We're going to be getting some pins. We're possibly going to be getting some wristbands soon. All sorts of new cool things coming on over to ilovedtp.com. So why don't you head on over to ilovedtp.com and check things out. Go ahead and support the show because like I said, that is the best place to support the show other than doing the free ways to support the show which are also incredible which are also great thanks to you all of those of you who subscribe to the show if you haven't yet I wouldn't encourage you to do so those of you who share the episodes on the social media you guys know that I love you too but this is the form that actually allows me to pay my fees to my service providers it allows me to put gas in my tanks so that I can go and do some kick-ass interviews go to music conferences build those connections and continue to bring you amazing content all the time and it is only because of you the DTP fam that I am allowed to do that and of course any order that you make on ilovedtp.com comes with either a handwritten note or if you want a phone call from Jaboy go ahead and put your phone number in the order description and I will go ahead and give you a ring a ding a ling a as soon as I possibly can all right we're just going to jump right back into things with my guest, Mike Ruby. The Desert Tiger Podcast. Definitely, and so, with Close to You, it seems that it's been getting a lot of radio play across Canada. It's been added to a couple Spotify playlists as well. Yeah, knock on wood, you know, it's it's been really great. You know, I got to thank my team for that. They're, they're really on top of it. Um, obviously, this is my first single that I've put out there, and it reached... I think this week it reached top 40 in the country. So, you know, really, really great team. They're really hardworking, and um, obviously we've, you know, we've gotten lucky with it. And we're excited to release, you know, more music and new music this summer. It's an incredibly strong start, and some people don't realize just how much a powerful team can actually make something move. Totally. Yeah, it's it's hard to do it yourself. I mean, we are or I am, I should say, independent, but, you know, the, the team around me, you know, I, I mean, technically I'm independent because I'm not signed with a record label at the moment, but it's it's far from independent. You know, there are so many people that, that put their hard work into it just as I put my hard work into the music. They put their hard work into these relationships that we're building together, and, you know, I, I couldn't do it on my own. So let's get into, you said that you are planning on releasing more music do you guys plan on releasing more in a single way or do you plan on releasing the ep at one time how is the release formula going to follow so i'm going to release a song in august um potentially two thinking about releasing two then and then another one in september and then i'm not 100 percent sure on whether or not i'm going to release the full ep in october or january but it's going to be 
one or the other. So maybe the beginning of November, but it's going to be fall or early, early winter. And it's going to depend kind of on the, the radio life of some of these singles that are going to be put out uh, this summer. So, you know, I'm excited, but I, I would say that there are going to be three or four singles out there before the full EP, which is going to be six and potentially seven tracks. Oh, okay. Fantastic. So quite a few. So there's going to be at least two more singles before anything else gets decided from here. Lots more to go on. I mean, there's still a lot to happen between now and then for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm really excited about it. I mean, hey, I, you know, I don't know if, if everything will go as well with this second single but if it goes half as well i'll be happy to be honest you know it's been it's been a great little ride and it's been awesome to meet so many amazing people um over the past couple months in radio and uh as well as a bunch of writing sessions that i've been doing in la so i'm, I'm excited to release you know the second song and see what what my fans kind of think of that one and um and we'll go from there Something I noticed on Close that I want to ask about the rest of the EP and maybe even the next single is there is a little bit of underlying saxophone in the song, so still paying tribute to what brought you to this point in the road. Do you continue to have saxophone in all of the tracks on the album, or what is the plan for that? Totally. I'm not sure that it's going to be on every single song in the EP, but it is on, in, you know, the vast majority of them. And even with a song like Close, you know, nobody actually knows that there's saxophone on it until I tell them. And and then even when I tell them, they go, oh, really? Where? I, I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it solo. And um, that's kind of the point of it is that it brings this really cool production sound and element into the song. If you listen to it carefully, um, you can tell that in the chorus there are these kind of huge well, I won't talk musical terms, but these big kind of like hits that happen. And that's actually saxophone that's been messed with and produced. So with every other song coming out, especially the singles, there will actually be some saxophone on them. They're just going to be pretty well hidden. So you wouldn't hear them unless I say they're at one minute and 23 seconds. And if you listen really carefully in the low part, you might hear it. So it's definitely, you know, it's a cool little homage to, like you said, you know, where I came from. And with the live show, I always bring the sax with me. So, you know, I would say kind of 10 or 15 minutes into it, I always like to rip a saxophone solo for fun. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. And, you know, saxophone live, it's just really cool. It's really fun. Sometimes I actually walk into the crowd with the horn and and just kind of have a really great time with everybody. And that's something, once again, involving the crowd and creating that moment because maybe not a lot of pop artists maybe don't use the saxophone so that's something different where they're definitely going to walk home with that memory yeah a hundred percent and and you know anytime that you can kind of hop into the crowd too like literally (laughs) i think it's great um because again it gives people that that experience and uh something to talk about too oh as someone who has taken that moment to jump into the crowd and have some fun with them i know exactly how it feels (laughs) yeah (laughs) Oh, all right. So is there anything you can give us towards hints towards the next single that's going to be releasing here in August? I can't give any hints yet, but I will be super soon, like potentially next week or the week after. So, you know, I'm not sure um, if you guys use Twitter or or Instagram, but my handle 
And with like YouTube and all that stuff, my handle is always the same. It's just my name, which is Mike Ruby Music. So if you if you watch out for it there, I'm gonna announce some details very soon. All right, fantastic. I was actually about to ask where could the listeners of the show find out more about Mike Ruby and the upcoming EP. So there they go. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, I, and I don't know, you know, everybody kind of has their own poison. My poison tends to be Instagram. Uh, I'm on that way too much. But yeah, my, my Instagram handle is just Mike Ruby Music. Fantastic. So if they want to go and hit that up, at Mike Ruby Music it is. I'm sure I will go and give you a follow myself because Instagram is my apple, my poison apple of choice <laughs> too. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So one last question before I let you go, Mike. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so you got into saxophone and you powerfully followed it because your father told you to chase your dreams. And I'm sure with the transition into lyrics, you're continuing to follow that message. At any point on you wrote these songs, do you pay homage to the memory of your father with lyrics since this is your first time actually releasing them to the world yeah you know um, it's amazing I've I, I couldn't tell you how many interviews I've had um, over the past two months and you know because obviously I did a radio tour in May and we hit like 30 plus radio stations and and on top of that we had a bunch of interviews on the way and I can tell you honestly that nobody has asked that question yet um, which is amazing. I'll answer honestly and so happily and, and say that, yes, you know, there is a song dedicated to him 100%, and uh, it's called Not Your Fault, and it's not going to be a single release. Uh, you know, it is a ballad, but it will be on the EP, and I'm, I'm really glad that you asked that. Oh, man, just the name of that song, I can, gives me chills. Oh, man, I can, thank you, yeah. I can yeah. feel the emotion that that can be encapsulated just from the name of that song yeah it's a it's a tough one and it was a tough one to write you know i wrote it um with an amazing producer in la named jamie keith who works a lot with andy Grammer, and you know he got in the room and said you know let's write a really meaningful song uh tell me about you know some of the you know more tragic or important things that have happened in your life and I told him about a couple things, which he ixed, and then when I told him about my dad, he said, yeah, let's write that song. And, you know, he started writing all these chords, and I just kind of had to had to keep the emotion in, and I guess I tried to bottle it up into lyrics. And, you know, I, I had written a lot of songs about my dad, but never one that I was able to really kind of get out to the world that, that would hit, you know, a, a lot of different people in different ways. I found it was it was hard again to you know bring up that song by Sarah Gravity you know that song means so many different things to so many different people and you know I hope that I was able to do the same thing in writing this song and I, I actually feel uh, you know very confident in in what it says and I feel that it is authentic to to my experience and you know I played it for a lot of different people and and they've all said oh well I think this is about this or that and then when I tell them what it's about they go oh that makes sense. Wow. So I I can't wait to hear it for myself once it finally drops. Oh, thank you, man. I, I appreciate you asking about that. Well, I appreciate you being willing to share that with me. Oh, thank you. 
All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me here today, Mike Ruby. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thank you. Take care. And that brings us to the end of another edition of the DTP. And with that, I want to go ahead and thank today's guest, Mike Ruby, for joining me here on Desert Tiger to discuss his upcoming EP, You Wrote These Songs, the lead single off of the album. That, of course, is the track you heard at the top of the show, and it is entitled Close. Close is available on whatever streaming service you fancy. So if you decide you want to go ahead and give it, you know, one, two, maybe 18 more streams before you wrote these songs comes out, I'm sure Mike Ruby would be very happy if you decided to go ahead and do that. I also want to go ahead and thank Mike for diving a little bit into the meaning of Not Your Fault, another of the tracks that's going to be coming off of You Wrote These Songs, an album that Mike himself said is probably going to be coming out here later on in 2019. But of course, if you don't want to miss when that happens, go ahead, give him a follow on social, give him a follow on those streaming services so that you know exactly when You Wrote These Songs comes out and you can get a feel for the emotion behind Not Your Fault and the rest of the EP as well, of course. I mean, what disservice would you be doing yourself by not giving the whole jam a listen? You know? I also want to go ahead and take a moment to thank Mackenzie and the team over at Strut Entertainment for once again knocking this one out of the park and giving me another fantastic individual that I can spend hours researching and then picking their brains and finding out so many wonderful things about them. Strut has been knocking the ball out of the park with Desert Tiger for a while now and I can't wait to continue that beautiful working relationship. I also want to go ahead and thank you guys, the listeners of the Desert Tiger Podcast. Those of you who stream this show in wonderful numbers. Those of you who share the episodes that you enjoy. And of course, if you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to go ahead and do so. I would be so very thankful for you for doing that. Those of you who go ahead and rate and review the show on iTunes, that helps us chart, that helps us bring in more listeners. Those of you who send me feedback on the guests, what were your favorite parts of the show? I'm actually working on a two-year recap here coming up in October, so hearing what your guys' favorite parts of the show helps me put that together. And, of course, I want to go ahead and thank those of you who have gone ahead and visited ilovedtp.com. Like I said, the hats, the tank tops, the ladies' tees, the wristbands, everything, the pins, more stickers, all of that stuff. It's coming soon with the traditional Desert Tiger logo, with that Desert Treader logo that my good old friend Kaylor Coons designed up for me. That one's going on the tank top. You know that it's going to look super Nice. All those things are coming to the store very, very soon. So why don't you go ahead and check I Love DTP out for yourself. All right, DTP fam. Next week on Desert Tiger, I am joined by actor, 
director. He's actually also a voice actor and musician Will Bose as we discuss Will's latest single, Runway Lights. And of course, we're going to be diving into what Will is doing in the film world as well. So until then, have yourselves a beautiful time because who is going to stop you from chasing your dreams, DTP fam? Absolutely fucking nobody. All right, I love you guys. Have a good weekend.